Hello and welcome to Talk Tales, a bartender advice line that's cheaper than therapy. We're your hosts. Yeah. I'm Shauna. Adele. I'm Adele. Yeah, we got that. I'm so excited about this. I like this you, so much you better. Were, you were so excited. You totally just like, just said Adele. Adele, me. Me, me Adele. Me, Adele. It's exciting. We finally got that. Yeah. That was flawless except for like we got a little too excited. That feels good. It feels good to start out your morning this flawlessly. Yes, I did say morning because it's 11 a.m. right now for us. Bingo. Why is it 11 a.m. right now? Because it's 7 p.m. in London. That's right. Why is that relevant, you ask? Shana? Because we have a guest from London. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, across the big pond, as they say, all the way from England. We're going international, baby. Don't ask me to do accents because I can't. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> Your accents can be borderline offensive, so please let's not go there. Is that true? <laughs> I feel like all accents are borderline offensive, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, unless, unless I'm doing I mean, my. There's people who are really good at accents, and I heard that um, the people that can do those accents really well is because they have certain, like, uh, ear for intonation and then can mimic those but that's like a very small percentage of population if you don't have that skill you're probably being offensive with your shitty fake accents just putting yeah. that out there the only accent i could do is uh um uh sean connery <laughs> Monday, <Monday. laughs> and my and my husband <laughs> 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 but regardless of that, uh, we got to we're gonna get into this because this bartender uh, advice podcast today is gonna be really great. We're getting advice from all over the world. It's gonna and, be a juicy uh, one, guys. It's gonna be juicy, and we we uh, have an amazing guest on from the incredible drink bar, everything cocktail podcast, gin and beer. It we have Meg Chica. <laughs> Thanks. Nailed, nailed the last name there. I feel like your oh, listeners good. are going to be so disappointed You after that whole like London intro to hear a super Chicago like basic bitch accent. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you for well, that I intro mean, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, we, we had we had to, uh, you know, really get the hype, the hype. We, we bring the hype. You, you hyped. You hyped very well. I love it. I know. Well, I, I did. I guess I did forget to mention that you're originally from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all right. Um, yeah, no, I'm Meg. I have lived in London for just over four years, um, so I guess I've earned a little bit of a little bit of from London, but accent definitely not, and I can't do any accents, um, so I'll I'll massively disappoint in that sense. But yeah, from Chicago, live in London. That's me live in the awesome. london dream that's amazing well, thank you so much for being here and like uh working with us to to coordinate this this meeting of the minds virtually we're really oh, appreciative don't be sorry. For thank time. you for having me i've been looking forward to it yeah yes. yeah yeah let's uh just do a quick uh little q a with you about this gin and beer and kind of where you got got this idea to start this podcast and uh what really drives you to like get into these cocktails and, um and what the podcast is about yeah, sure. So um, it's actually kind of a funny story. I started the podcast in uh, about this time in 2018. So it's actually probably about two year anniversary. But when I started it, um, I was starting it more as like a generalist podcast to document my just experiences being an American living in London. Um, I'm a very chatty person. I was like, oh, might as well record it and put it on the internet for everyone to listen to. Um, and came up with the, na the name Gin and Beer It because a friend took me to a bar called Gin and Beer It in London um, that was amazing. It sadly closed after the pandemic. Um, but at that, I was like, oh, well, that's clever. Grin and Bear It, Gin and Beer It, and made that the name. Um, and that was the that was it for like a year and a half. But the constant struggle was that it was just too general. Like I did episodes about dating advice and episodes about things to do in London and episodes about buying a flat in the UK versus in the US. And I think like on their own, they were all probably interesting, but it was so difficult just to, you know, if someone were to ask me what is gin and beer, I couldn't just explain what it was in a single sentence. And that was always my gripe with the podcast. Um, the elevator pitch. 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was no elevator pitch whatsoever, except for that long and like long winded explanation I just gave. So um, then the pandemic happened. I've always been um, pretty heavy drinker and alcohol enthusiast. But when we were all of a sudden, um, you know, I think you guys are calling it shelter in place, but here I've just been calling it lockdown. Um, I just started watching it. Well, I first started with the uh, mixology masterclass because my mom let me use her masterclass subscription. Then I got super into the educated bar fly and how to drink and Steve, the bartender and all those. Yeah. You hear that, um, Leandro? I fangirl over Leandro on basically every episode <laughs> of my podcast. Um, but I, uh, yeah. And so that's how I got into it. And then my boyfriend and I decided to have like a cocktail making competition one Saturday night. Cause there was fuck all else to do. And so we had like a cocktail making contest just between the two of us. And I was like, probably three or four drinks deep. And all of a sudden I was like, why don't I just do my podcast about drinking and just talk to people about their favorite drinks and learn history and make drinks. And, uh, yeah. And so I basically just pivoted the whole concept of my podcast. I already had a name that was relevant. Um, and so I did that a couple months ago and ever since then it's been like the best decision I've ever made. Cause I've got to meet people like you guys and it's just much more focused and I can actually market it. And yeah, it's been, it's been really great. And you get a drink, fun cocktails. Yeah, exactly. And I think that like, I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, you really like to tell stories of like the human experience or your experience in London, all these things. I think that whether it's making cocktails or going to bars or talking about cocktails, it's a good vehicle to also link it with all these like stories and emotions and, and just being a human. I think it's it's a great way to start that the conversation. That That's no, that's exactly the idea is that I knew that if I did that, I wouldn't lose because I can still talk to people and, and like, yeah, like you said, get their experiences. And, but it's just the, the cocktail or not even cocktails. It can be beer, wine, whatever, non-alcoholic, but the drink is just sort of the vehicle to open up that conversation. So yeah, it's, it's been really great. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, if, if you were to name one cocktail that you could talk for hours about, what cocktail would that be? Probably the Negroni. Um, that was the first when I did like my, my kind of, if I were stranded on a desert Island, um, that was the drink that I did, especially cause I got super into Negronis, um, after I moved to London. So I kind of associate it with my experience here. Is oh, that, do you like a classic Negroni? Do you do equal parts? Do you like more gin forward Negronis variations? What's your favorite like Negroni? I do equal parts, um, but I love Koki de Torino, the vermouth. So that's the vermouth I use. And then I also usually throw some orange and chocolate bitters in there. Ooh, um, yeah. So yeah, it's a, kind of like a desserty Negroni. But yeah, I love any variations. I made one last week that was with a, an overproof rum that was delicious. Oh, um, it's a uh, Kingston Negroni? Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm fond of those. Yeah, it, like I think I like it as well because it's such an easy formula to mix and match. So, um, as someone who does not have the expertise that you guys have, it's it's I have the basic template of a Negroni in my head, and I know I can just mess with it however I want. So yeah, that's why it's kind of my favorite. Yeah, I love Negronis too. I like, I mean, I like riffs on Negronis. I like I like mezcal Negronis. I like Jim mm. Forward Negronis. I like Negroni jello shots. You name it, whatever. I'll drink it. Hey. That's actually a really good point. I had a Mezcal Negroni over the weekend that was like life-changing. Having grown up in Chicago, I feel like I have pretty high standards for Mexican food. And it's basically impossible to get decent Mexican food in um, the UK just because there's not the Mexican population here that we have back at home. Um, but one opened in my neighborhood in London and I went over there over the weekend and had a mess called Negroni and I was like, okay, this is next was that awesome. Bring <laughs> it. Was the food good? The food's amazing. Yeah. Oh, they nailed it. Nice. It's called it's called nineteen ten after the year Mexico gained independence and independence. um it's all it's like a Mexican family that owns it. It's like it's authentic and they do they do a really great I job. Love that. How stoked so are you that you get real Mexican food in London? And it, you're it saying that we need to come to London and come eat and cook. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. We'll bring, like, we'll bring like the tomatillos and all the good. I'll smoke uh, some avocados. Produce. We'll make some food. We'll make some, I'll make some mole. Dude, these are the I things, love. these are the things that I crave here. Um, and yeah, I can get some of that at 1910 now, but they, they opened in the middle of the pandemic. Um, they started out as doing takeaway and they were, they called them stealth margaritas. So you'd go and you'd get a margarita and a, co- a takeaway coffee cup. 
Um, so yeah, they like, they kept us going when we were in our very, very strict shelter in place, but yeah, Mexican food is like on the top of the list of what I miss. <laughs> oh, I get that. I feel like that's so, like, yeah, I, every time I've moved somewhere or gone somewhere, it's like, Ooh, dive into the cuisine. And then you're like, all right, I need a taco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I get it though. We need to get a taco or a burrito. Let's do this. Some al pastor. Give like, it can to I get me. some hot sauce with this, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we went to Lithuania and we're like, this is so good. So many beets and potatoes. We're like, we need some hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't, you can't really get it in Europe. Like you can, you can pretty much get decent Chinese and like sushi and stuff all, all across Europe, but Mexican it's, it's much harder. Do you get really good like Mediterranean, like a, um, Middle Eastern food though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And the, the Indian food in London is amazing. So that, that's curry kind of ketchup. like distracted me, um, is going for a curry, but yeah, the, like, and you get loads of tapas and stuff, but Spanish food is just not the same as like yeah. Mexican food. Isn't ketchup curry a big thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they do loads of curries. Um, yeah, it's, and they do like kebabs are like, the drunk food here. So if you get drunk, you go and get a kebab. Whereas when I was in Chicago, you get drunk and you went and got a massive burrito. <laughs> so I, I fuck with that. Let's do yeah. it. Shut up. Let's go to London. We're Please coming do. to London. <laughs> Please do. Was that offensive? No, <laughs> not not to me. <laughs> that was PC. That was a PC accent. <laughs> <laughs> okay man uh we we have so many questions for you but we're not the only ones that have questions for you <laughs> we have a pile of questions P- the the little uh buzzer button is going off the charts right now <laughs> people are calling so uh what do you guys what do you say we we get to our first caller let's, let's do, do it. it all right all right here we go here's our first caller thanks for calling in caller so this is an emergency, obviously, but this is my version of 911. So I want to know, uh, a bunch of artists find their way into the service industry for obvious reasons here in LA. And I wanted to know how these artists find their way uh, around making cocktails. So all the bartenders making cocktails in LA, I want to know how you do it. Do you see an episode of Pijama and you're like, I'm going to make a cocktail that reminds me of the colors. Do you taste something really interesting and want to work with it? I just kind of want to know what the processes are. Processes. Processes? You get it. Thanks. Girls rock. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that. girls yeah. rock. That's a good question. A little side note. Uh, okay, yeah. So uh, I don't. It's it's definitely not all just LA where there's a lot of artists that like tend to start tending bar as well. Um, I know for me, uh, it's, it starts with the money, the hours, uh, and it's still creative work. Uh, so basically. You could work minimal amount of hours. You don't have to work 40 hours a week to be able to pay your bills. And then the rest of your time, you can apply to like whatever your your passion is. Your passion. Oh, she's asking how artists end up being bartenders. Is that what the question was? Yeah. So, yeah, the, the base of the question is um, there's a lot of artists that go into making cocktails and bartending. And she's wondering what that process is. Process. Uh like to become so yeah basically like i think the hours is like the most attractive thing because you have really short shifts they're not easy shifts or you know but you're not working 40 hours a week nine to five and i think that the 40 hour week it's not for everybody although we've been conditioned to think that you have to work monday through friday you know 9 a.m to 5 p.m that doesn't necessarily work for everybody and um bartending definitely caters to different schedules and and life styles and if you're an artist and you want to you know do gigs or whatever bartending i think it's like the perfect job occupation to to cater to those things but i think the second part of the question was like where do you take inspiration from as like an artist but i think like the process of like taking inspirations to make cocktails is is a very personal thing like for me it's food I think of food or things that I love for food. I'm like, how can I make this into a cocktail? Some people think of concepts. Some people can just, you tell them a theme and they're able to create a cocktail that revolves around that. I think that the process is very personal to, to each person. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, because a lot of times I tend to craft cocktails for through concept, I would say. Yeah, I was going to say, like you would do like concepts. Like for example, when you did the, my favorite was when you did the, the Fernet cocktail. 
and you did talent scout, but it was like a riff on a scout cookie on a girl scout cookie. That was, oh, yeah. it was a concept, right? Like I thought it was really cool for me. It's like food. I'm like, okay, what's nostalgic for me as far as food. And then I work through that with cocktails. So I think the process of like, it's necessarily like an art, like your, your artistic process is very personal. Um, depending on what, what moves you and what inspires you. Totally. So, but like with Megan, like with not bartending and sitting at a bar and like observing like the cocktail creation is maybe it's a different, uh, experience. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's probably a disclaimer I should have gave it. I've, I'm not, I don't have a British accent and I'm also not a bartender. <laughs> so why do you guys have me here today? Um, no, but I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like I think, um, Cause that's something like recently I was thinking, Oh, wouldn't it be cool to even do, I don't know, an Instagram or a blog or something where you do cocktails that you match with like TV shows or movies or books or basically anything pop culture. Um, and I recently read this book where the crawdads sing, which I highly recommend if you guys need a book recommendation, I was like, Oh, how could I theme a cocktail to that? Cause the book was set in the fifties in North Carolina. So I feel like there's a lot you could do with like what drinks are popular at that time and, you know, you know, spirits that would primarily come from the South. And I think because I'm not a bartender, I have more time to think about those things. Um, you know, when it comes cocktails, like you said, I can sit and watch someone make drinks, whether it be in person or right now, a lot of times it's on YouTube because none of us are going anywhere. But, um, like I have the time to kind of sit and conceptualize that. Whereas I think if it were my job, it would probably be more difficult to come up with those ideas. But yeah, I, de- I definitely think I'm seeing loads of, of artists who are using cocktails as like their outlet for artistry. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, I think that pretty like sums it up and also to be a bartender, you, you're not like necessarily a normal behaving person. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes sense. Like, so it's, you know, you're always moving. Then you're also inspired by a lot of the people that you're around too. And with when you're behind a bar, there's a lot of ingredients that you're like, Ooh, what's this? What's this? What's this? You know? And so it kind of like throws you into a creative like wormhole, basically, I would say. Right. Don't you think? Yeah. And it's also a trial and error, you know, like, oh, I think that and that would taste really good together. And you try and it tastes like shit. So you're like, okay, that does not (laughs) work. Let's never do that again. You're like salmon (laughs) and whiskey. Not that good. Salmon wash whiskey. Let's try it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Terrible idea. Uh, oh, okay. Hold on. I got to make sure I see, keep my eye on that ringer button because there's another call. <laughs> I don't know what a ringer button is. I'm not sure what a ringer button is, but there's one right over here. <laughs> uh, this is almost an emergency, the urgency of my question, but it's not quite so bad that I have to call 911. So I'll just go ahead and ask on here. Um, I'm calling to ask. Um, I've always wondered, would you rather drink a cocktail containing breast milk of someone else or would you rather drink a cocktail containing your own blood oh meg you want to start (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh god um okay so backstory is that i recently had a friend give birth to um i call her my niece she's not you know, biologically my niece, but I fucking love her. Um, and, uh, it was kind of a thing in our group of friends to try her breast milk. And I didn't partake, um, mostly because I wasn't there when they did it. Um, but then I was like asking my mom about it. Cause you know, it, like, I don't know if you guys are big friends fans, but like they all try, I think Carol's breast milk or something on friends. Like this is something I've seen. I, my mom's a nurse and I was like, is that like, okay. And my mom was just like, um, not really. Like, she's just like, <laughs> she's like, you could get like loads of diseases and stuff from like, t- oh. you know, she's like, she's like, it is a bodily fluid. Um, so with that being said, after my mom telling me that, I feel like I'd rather have a cocktail with my own blood just cause it's my own product. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think blood. I think blood. Because I've tasted my own blood plenty if I've, like, bit my lip or something, you know, or cut my finger and gone like this. I don't know what someone else's breast milk tastes like, and I don't really need to, so. There was a there was a bartender that put pig blood in a cocktail in like Chicago, a, I think. Like a, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. 
I don't remember what the cocktail was. It was a long. It was probably like ten years ago or something. Oh yeah, it was. It was like a pig blood uh, Ramos jam fist, right? Oh my god, I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. It was like yeah, a little controversial Something like there. that. But okay, I, I have a I, I have a question though. Can we pasteurize the breast milk? If you could pasteurize the breast milk, then. I feel like that's less of an issue because breast milk is also meant to just be very sweet. Like the friends that did try it said it was like rice milk kind of. So yeah. I don't know but, why that makes me so uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think <laughs> breast milk in general just weirds me out. Cause like it comes out of your nipple. I know it's like a, it's such yeah. a middle sure, school sure, mentality sure, sure. you have, but it just weirds me out. I don't even drink like milk, milk. I will. I mean, that's like as hypocritical because I love butter, but I don't like milk. Just weirds me out, and like the thought of drinking somebody else's breast milk is just—I I don't know if I could do that. But I do know of people that like will like freeze it and drink it as adults because it's supposed to be like good for you. And then the placenta too. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about any of those things. But I think I'd rather just do my blood, get a little yeah. solid- solidity to the cocktail. Yeah. Get your iron in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm kind of with you guys on this, but if we did make a cocktail out of the breast milk, could we call it mama? <laughs> <laughs> could breast milk white Russian or something. It'd be horrible. Or, or like, yeah, or like a, or like a, we could do a breast milk Ramos. Couldn't you? Yeah. Why not? Or you can clarify, you can do like the, the milk, milk punch, clarify milk. Punch that would probably pasteurize it too. Yeah. That I, I, something like that. You have to mask it. That's where Maybe I'm at. I'd be That's like, where I'm at. pasteurize, like clarified, breast clarified milk punch. breast milk yes. punch. I might be like, all right, I'll try it. But just like straight up like that. I don't know. I don't know. But I guess it's somebody else's breast milk though. So I don't, I don't know. I might have to go blood my own blood. Yep. Hmm. I put it in a margarita. Fuck it. Yeah. Get a little <laughs> salinity in there. I don't know. The whole breast milk conversation That's makes my one. stomach feel weird. <laughs> Party me while I go vomit. <laughs> okay. Oh, another caller. <laughs> Hi. Um, so uh, Elizabeth phoned prior to me and said um, I should ask you a cocktail question, uh, courtesy of Megan. And she uh, said, would you rather have a cocktail with breast milk or blood? And actually, I think that was a long comparison because uh, blood is a good replacement for egg white because they both congeal in the same way. So there's plenty of recipes where you can substitute eggs for blood. You should probably look into that and see how cocktails can can deliver the same old flavor there. But my question specifically, um, I had a night out probably about a year and a bit ago. It was me and my old colleagues at my old company, and it was my leaving day. And uh, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Alessia, awesome, awesome person, she was like, let's create a, a period blood cocktail. And we have no idea what this barman created. Uh, it was bright red. It was frothy, but with a white froth. It was delicious. It had a little garnish on top, some raspberries. And it was an ode to womanhood. And it was tart, sour. It was, to, to be honest, an outstanding cocktail. It was done in Shoreditch. Um, I can't remember the place. It was actually uh, done. It was by the McKesson Bar. Not McKesson Bar, that's a... They, they, they kill people. It was um, a meth lesson. There's a beer company which sounds like the Kesson. It's in Shoreditch. It's by the town hall. It's an outstanding cocktail bar. Anyway, long story short, that bar can, you, you just ask them what you kind of like in life and they make a cocktail for it. And they made Alessia its ode to woman. So my question to you is, what is a cocktail you believe represents women, uh, an ode to women, something which shows the beauty in life. That's that's really it. They have a long message. Um, my wife is telling me to, to put the phone down now. Bye. 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 <laughs> I don't know how to turn off. Did you guys catch all that? Yes. I think so. 
I you took us so. on a journey, man. Oh my god. <laughs> oh wow, we. I, I yeah, I'm like I went to this bar with that bar, like I, you know. <laughs> What a lovely man. I love him. Uh, I know. Let's let's go have a cocktail with him. I know, seriously. Um, okay, so Ode to Womanhood. What, what is it? Let's name him. Ooh. Oh, my God. That's a great question. Um, an Ode to Womanhood. I'm going to say a, a high life with the bottle upside down. kind of looks like a lady. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> that is good. I'm thinking... I'm thinking something like, like delicate but really stiff. That's something exactly floral. What I was say. Yeah. So maybe like a vesper, something that's yeah. stiff but a little bit floral. Only because I feel like women are very strong, but they can also be very delicate simultaneously. I'm thinking of, um, what's another one? Oh, like a vucare, I think, because it's like. It has layers, but it's like a strong drink, but it has like multiple layers of flavor. I think that like I'm thinking of only spirit forward cocktails. Yeah, that, I'm thinking like a perfect martini maybe or a perfect yeah. something. It's like a mix of That's like good. sweet and dry. Yeah. Perfect martini sounds good. Yeah, totally. perfect martini would be great. Um so what if else? you were if if you were a uh, oh I do want to mention that we do I do I personally I can't talk for anyone else but I personally do not believe any cocktails have uh, uh, actual gender so <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but if uh, my if okay how about if a if a cocktail represented yourself as a woman who would you choose or what would you choose oh I mean huh do you represent myself as a woman um. A jello shot. <laughs> hey, party. Hey, party. I don't know. Probably like a spicy a 90s party. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, maybe like a, a, a spicy. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like a spicy mezcal margarita. Super simple. Ooh, yeah. Super basic, but you can always, you can always have one. Yeah. What about you, Shauna? Ooh. Uh, hmm. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect to have to answer this. <laughs> I asked the questions around here. <laughs> uh, okay, I want to be a. Uh, I want to be uh, uh, Meg. Take it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think if I was a cocktail, maybe a perfect martini, or as like a mix between my British and American roots, like a pint of you know, British beer with like a bourbon shot or something like yeah. that. The two. I'm going to be a daiquiri with like a blend of 20 different rums. Oh, that sounds yes. delicious. Yeah. For the house yeah. rum blend. And then separated in a bunch of different glasses and I can't decide which one to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the multiple rums. I think whenever I go to a bar and they have like their daiquiri and they, they list it as a house a blend of rums, I always get really excited because they nerded out so much that they split that two ounce pour into multiple different rums. I'm like, I already know this daiquiri is going to be delicious. I get excited about that. The house blend. Oh, the house well, blend. Uh- Okay, hold on. I think we got another color. Uh, we we handled that. Yeah, we got that last yeah, question yeah, down. Yeah. I didn't know if we were going to be able to do <laughs> oh, it. But. And I want to point out that whenever we said "oh" to women, we didn't pick anything pink or anything fruity or anything sweet because, oh. like Shauna said, drinks do not have genders, and um, not because you're a woman that means you want something with raspberry syrup and lemon juice. But if you did, oh, that's cool too. Yeah, Clover Club sounds pretty darn good. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Uh, ring, 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 ring. Um, if you're dating someone who says that they think something's missing and you've been dating them for a while, would you continue to date them or would you cut your losses and just leave it there? That's a good question. Depends on the sex. <laughs> I think I think it depends on like. I think it depends on like how long you've been dating and what your how how you see your future with this person because if, if something's missing but it's something you can work through and you think it's worth it, then you should try to work through it. But if something missing that you know you can never get from that person, then you're just wasting your time. I was gonna say a, a ball, but maybe that's mean. 
but uh, I said it anyways. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking to anyone that only has a one ball. <laughs> what do you think, Meg? Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with what you said, Adele. I think that, well, I also think so if it's missing for you, cause I do th- my, my mama, my parents have been together since they were 16. Um, so my mom's kind of an authority on relationships and she always tells me that like one of the biggest issues in people's relationships is that they're always expecting some sort of spark. And if you want something to you know, last for a really long time, there's not always going to be that spark. So if that's something missing for you is, is like excitement or like crazy sex or something like that, then yeah, like you said that you might want to wait it out and, and see how you feel. Cause I think those sort of things come and go. If it's the other person telling you that something is missing, I think it's so much easier to say than it is to like take the advice, but I just don't think that we should let other people waste our time. Um, you know, if someone was honest with me and said, look, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. It sort of feels like something might be missing, but they were just being honest with me and they were willing to, to keep seeing me and just see how we both feel. I think that, I think that person is just trying to be honest with you. I think that's a good thing. Um, but if someone says to you, oh, you know, I, I feel like something might be missing, but then they just seem keen to, keep getting drunk with you and sleeping with you and stuff like that. Like, I think you're just letting them, you're inviting them in to waste your time. So good advice. That is really good (laughs) advice. What do you think, Shauna? Well, for someone who's been married now for a while, uh, it, my husband is constantly missing things <laughs> and I have to constantly be finding them for him. And it drives me crazy. I can't stand it. And I'm like, why don't you just keep your things in order? and like get things together. God, I look for his keys three times a day. I'm like, why do I have to look for your keys? But then I was, I'm the one who always finds them. So we, we keep it together. <laughs> he needs me as much as i need him you know perfect Um, balance yeah uh but also for like a little more serious advice um and experience in this with a long-term relationship uh and have had a couple short-term relationships yes i've had relationships other than my husband (laughs) i'm such a i am such a a renaissance woman Uh, (laughs) a woman of the world Uh, yeah. So, uh, I'd say if it's a long-term relationship, uh, it is worth realizing that these things, it's hard. It's really hard and you got to put a lot of work in and, um, and that's just a part of it. Like, I think that our society kind of like gives us this idea of like, once you get married, um, that everything's, you know, you're meant to be together and and then your kids and then the house and all these things are supposed to happen and uh but that's not really the case most of the part like most of the time it's like you just have to like constantly be working on it and like showing up you just and if you show up and like and, and the other person shows up it should be good in the long run but when somebody else stops showing up um it's worth you need to have that conversation and see if it's gonna if if they're gonna start showing up again you know yeah. And like Mick said, said, like we were expecting this to be like this crazy, like, you know, sparks, you know, flying thing at all times. But like the reality is that with long term relationships, it's not always going to be like that. And you that's why you have to when, you know, maybe you're not having like at the beginning of the relationship, you're having sex three times a day. But then, you know, you're 10 years in and you're having sex like every other week. Like that's totally, completely normal. And that if you are going to base like your entire relationship are those sparks and you haven't been paying attention to the other things, to acts of service, to words of affirmation. You have not been paying attention to every other form of love. That's not like a spark, like rom-com type shit. Like then you haven't been paying attention to the right things or maybe they're not there at all. And that's something that you need to decide whether it's worth sticking it out for or not. Yeah. And if it's a new relationship, you know, you know, when it's, worth yeah. the long term yeah, yeah. I, that's all i have to say you just kind of know and if somebody starts dicking you around when you first meet them they're gonna dick you around forever yeah don't yeah. even deal don't even deal with it it's not yep. even worth it you know because it's like i don't know in my experience and a lot of people i've talked to experiences this is like you just fucking know like i yeah. knew the second i fell asleep on my husband's back <laughs> 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 or but like think- more passed out on the top of his back but uh you know it's like it's little things you just know 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I said to a friend recently, like with with my boyfriend, um, we've been together about two years and what really differentiated him from the, you know, loads of not even relationships, but just like guys I would start seeing from dating apps and stuff. And then it would fizzle out really quickly is that with Harry, all of a sudden we were like months into it. And I was like, I haven't stressed about any of that bullshit once with him. And I didn't even notice with all those other guys be, when is he going to text me? When should I text him? Like, is he still interested? Like, you know, am I being too keen? And with Harry, it was just like, all of a sudden it was just this real relationship. And I was like, I haven't stressed about that once. And so like, like you said, I do think, you know, because I think it's just so, even though like long-term relationships are hard, I think the ones that stick around are actually pretty easy in the beginning. Yeah. 100%. And then if you're always chasing that honeymoon, like face that you're going to be a person who's going to end up married six times in your lifetime because you're always chasing that honeymoon stage and you don't know how to mature with a relationship with that phase ends. Yep. Man, who knew we were so good at this? <laughs> cheaper, <laughs> cheaper than therapy, baby. <laughs> yeah, cheaper than therapy. Ring, ring, ring. Oh, is that another <laughs> caller? <laughs> I'm a big whiskey sour fan, but when trying to make them at home, I never get the right ratios of, of ingredients, right? What would you recommend? Ooh, that was a short ooh. one. Uh, a sour, it's, it's so about always, the prep. Yeah, it's it is that, and it's also like you always want the the balance. It has to be like equal parts sweet and sour. That's what makes it that like super approachable uh, uh, sour, like the way that we all love, right? Um, rule of thumb: I always do equal parts sweetener and um, lemon juice. Right, Shauna? Is that how you do them? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, always just whenever you're crafting a cocktail, just stick it for the general rule. Yeah, there's rules that break this, but two ounces of booze, like just always be, don't sell yeah, yourself don't short. Rip, don't rip yourselves off. Two ounces, fill her up, uh, and then uh, equal parts with your citrus and sour. Um, so or citrus and sweet. Uh, that that gives you like a balance. Think about lemonade. Like uh, if you make a lemonade with equal parts lemon juice and s- sugar and then your modifier is your water you're gonna have a balanced uh lemonade you know same thing with a sour so that's a pretty easy like formula right so two ounces three quarter ounce three quarter ounce or you could do one ounce one ounce two ounces um by uh, sweet and sour i'd say simple syrup and for a whiskey sour with simple syrup and lemon juice um by definition it's three quarter ounce three quarter ounce two ounce two of whiskey um and then egg white um which they didn't start adding egg white till prohibition but it's kind of the bartender's like preference yeah and egg white got ended up being added to whiskey sours because the whiskey that was available or the booze that was available to people was so shitty that egg white masks that shitty you know bathtub whatever booze are making but now we have access to incredible spirits so you don't necessarily need egg white it definitely makes a prettier cocktail it does give it a mouth like a creamy cloudy mouthfeel but the essence of a sour is a balance of sweet and sour so you don't even need an egg white to get that like oh this is a nice whiskey sour in my opinion yeah no you're 100 percent right the first one ever documented had no no egg white in yeah it. uh but that being said if all you got is like well well whiskey, like yours truly, <laughs> egg white it up, baby. Uh, you know, get some Samuel Grant well whiskey, baby. Right. Some Evan Williams, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but if you are doing the egg white, I think that's the tricky part. Um, and then in the sour itself, like dilution and coldness is always like the thing you really want to think about but make sure you're dry shaking efficiently uh vigorously fast uh with your egg white um and don't put ice in first put it in second and then make sure that's super frothy like when you crack your tin open you look in there it looks like um meringue a meringue yeah i was gonna say toothpaste after you brush your teeth (laughs) (laughs) but yes the meringue sounds a lot better (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, but so if it looks like that mer- meringue as uh, it sounds better um then add your ice you don't have to add like just if you have bigger cubes just do two cubes if you have one big block do one block um because the idea is to get the surface area and the temperature cold with the less dilution if you if you shake with the ice first it just gets diluted and you get no froth so yeah it's all it's that's the trick you gotta make sure it's cold and the dilution's correct yeah? Yeah, I think you got it. 
I think you got oh, it. Oh, and then also to get the fine foam, uh, either close close the gate on your Hawthorne strainer to like get a finer strain or do a double strain into a yeah. mesh strainer because that yeah. kind of like gets the bubbles I'm a big out. fan of the double the, the mesh strainer because the when you have a really like like small bubble foam on top, you can put Angostura bitters on top and kind of make it look really pretty with the designs. If you only strain with a Hawthorne with a Hawthorne strainer, it's a bigger bubble, so the the bitters look terrible on top of it. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. Adele Adele she um, really has perfected this incredible Angostura bitters uh, art design of a big old dick. I just put a big old <laughs> Angostura dick on top of your cocktail, and then you drink <laughs> it, and then you have to do that. <laughs> People love it. They love People it. Love it. <laughs> love it. You got whiskey. You got a sour. You got dicks. What? What could go wrong? I need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So, we, uh, are you on? What do you think, Meg? Oh yeah. No, I yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I taught myself how to make whiskey sours over lockdown, and yeah, it's all about the the dry shake. And um, I got a little bitters dasher which i've been enjoying but it's definitely not required but yeah i i used to be terrified of um of egg white and now i actually really like it in cocktails once you get the hang of it um i did have one one whiskey sour that i ruined because i got the yolk in there and i'd already put all the spirits in so now i'm like egg white always goes in first (laughs) yeah or do the egg white in the bigger tin yeah like in a separate tin and then you can add it in that's always a good uh fallback or you yes. can just add the entire yolk in it and they make it a flip. See what yeah. happens. Yeah, you can do yeah. it. You never know. You get some little extra protein. <laughs> a ring, oh, ring. <laughs> protein ring. All right. So this one's a four parter. So I'll go with the first part. Oh, snap. What drink is appropriate when you leave your ex and enjoy for the first taste of single freedom? I'm gonna have to go if it's a really terrible ex spend the money get yourself a really nice glass of champagne it's a celebration you're way classier than my answer I was just gonna say a Long Island iced tea if you just want to get like (laughs) fucked up as quickly as possible yeah straight to the dome uh, I think I think it depends. Like if you're it's a sad breakup, yes. If it's a good breakup, you're like I'm fucking oh yeah. finally done with this. Get yourself some champagne, and f- some oysters. Why not? Do it. Yeah, that sounds fabulous. I want Fab. that. Now. That's fab. Um, a breakup drink. Uh oh, like dive bar. Uh, Tecate and a shot of well whiskey. Samuel Grant. <laughs> White in it. I love it. <laughs> what about you, Meg? Yeah, I'd say along if my current bro- boyfriend and I broke up, which I really hope doesn't happen because I do sort of like him. But if we broke up, oh. I feel like I'd chug a whole bottle of red wine because he's not a red wine drinker. Um, and like I still drink it, but I used to like constantly drink red wine and don't really anymore because we live together and he doesn't really like it so yeah if we broke up i'd be like back on my red wine bullshit <laughs> fuck you I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> all the red wine now <laughs> this all sounds fun let's yeah all right everyone let's all break up with our spouses <laughs> and let's get, get drunk like experiment. let's break up <laughs> see you at We're the time divorces <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. that's not going to happen. Sorry, hubby. <laughs> <laughs> Which cocktail is the most luxurious to have in the bath that your lover can make for you? Ew. I was going to say, I don't trust my lover to make me cocktails. <laughs> so I would just have him give me a beer or something. But if he like learned the proper technique, I think like a really like a perfectly diluted martini gin martini but like a real martini like a two to one with orange bitters like perfectly like, diluted i think that'd be luxurious only because it does take skill to do it properly yeah yeah meg what do you think so yeah i have to if, if i could trust my boyfriend to make a martini i have to totally agree that's what came to my mind otherwise i just think a nice glass of champagne some strawberries yep get some like candles going that's pretty i like that that's real nice. Uh, I would say 
if I'm getting a luxurious cocktail in the bath from my hubby, um, I'm putting the guy to work. He's doing a Ramos with the whole thing. And, and it'll have foam on it so it matches my bathtub. And if I accidentally drop it, I won't know. Oh, that's hilarious. Do you, do you trust Johnny to make your Ramos? Uh... Not necessarily. <laughs> I feel like I could talk it like it would probably turn into more work in the bathtub because I'd just be having to yell into the kitchen from the bathroom oh, like put the put in the lime juice. Oh. No, you gotta oh. keep shaking. Oh, just keep shaking. <laughs> oh, there's another call. <laughs> Which cocktail do we have if Donald Trump wins the election? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, everyone give a nice groan. So much more clever than I would have uh, come up with. Dude, I have an easy one. A white Russian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, dude, I'm just gonna chuck with the nearest bottle of overproof booze straight to the down my gullet. Yeah. And and then I'm gonna drink my own tears, probably. <laughs> I think. Oh, I think. Oh. I, yeah, That's I fair. think I, I yeah. chug we, like tequila. And there's stuff a lot that crying. He's going to tax the, the shit out of the president. Oh, it's going to get man. more expensive. So yeah, all, all the all the scotch, all the tequila, just anything to not remember. <laughs> so sad. No. Oh scotch. yeah. That's a good one. Oh, here you go. You can. Uh, how about an El Diablo? <laughs> Retract. That, that's fitting. Is I'm that giving him too much credit? El Diablo? <laughs> yeah, too much credit. Ugh. Ugh. I think I'd rather drink breast milk. I'll drink the breast milk <laughs> during the election. Breast milk I'll and the blood. You were like really thinking about that. You're like, yeah. would I? Would yeah. Stray I? from the titty, if that oh means he God. doesn't want the election. <laughs> Dude, simultaneously, yeah. put in a Ramos, I'll do it. A breast, a breast All milk right. white Russian. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'd rather drink that. Yeah, me too. Ugh. All right. Ugh. Ugh. Gross on so many levels. Which cocktail do we have if Biden wins the election? A vodka soda. <laughs> the most basic drink. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm going with a, I'm going with a vodka soda. I'm going with a white claw. The most basic shit out there. Uh, yeah, like Miller Lite. Like, like, we're all like, we're all satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this will do. Yeah. I'm, certainly, whatever. I'm certainly not going to turn it away. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll cheers with a white claw for that I'll one. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be craving a luxurious drink after that, but fuck it, I'll drink a vodka soda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a win. It's a win. Uh, that'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> We're so fucked. Ah, oh, oh, oh boy. All right. <laughs> we need to get off of that that political rant. That was yeah. that's the most political rant we've done on this podcast. So, uh, so that's pretty good. That's about as political as I'm capable of getting, so <laughs> Okay. Did we do it? I think did we did we it. it. Oh, oh my gosh. Dude, we, we did, did it. it with flying colors. We did it. Breast milk uh, and all. Dude, those are some good questions. Those are some of my favorite questions. Well, well done, everybody. Well done. Yeah, well done, yeah, callers. Thank great. You. Thanks, everyone, for calling in. Um, I know I learned some stuff about the world myself, Meg, Adele. <laughs> I feel we're like we're all kindred spirits now. Yes, and... we're best friends. We're all moving to London. <laughs> Please, Please We're do. coming to England. <laughs> England. They're like, please don't. No, please don't. Stay. Please don't. Stay. Stay. Um, okay. Awesome. Well, I think we're like, we totally wrapped up all the questions. We did a great job. Uh, everyone, you need to uh, check out Gin and Beer It for 100%. It's great. We've been listening to it and having a good time listening to it. Um, and then also, Meg, any plugs you have uh, that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. No, just just the podcast so it's uh gin and beer at show.com's the website at gin and beer at show on instagram uh always looking for lovely people like yourselves to come on as guests to gin and beer so if anyone ever wants to come and talk about a drink that means something to them just shoot me dm me on instagram shoot me an email that's about it thank you guys so much for having me 
Thank you for Absolutely. being here. Absolutely. Really yeah. your time. Totally. And I'm so glad we got to meet you and uh, that you, you know, connected with us. And we love talking to other people that do podcasts because it's such a I mean, it's a fun platform and it's like really a creative platform. So it's always fun, like talking to people who are like minded, you know, it's neat. Totally. And when it comes down to cocktails, uh, which is like our bread and butter. So (laughs) Adele, let's wrap this bad boy up in a nice little neat package okay well uh disclaimer i know it may come to shock us all to all of you guys but we're actually not therapists so (gasps) i know i know shocker (laughs) but so if you actually have a real emergency uh please contact professional help we are not that we're just bartenders but also don't drink and drive please don't do it what else shauna oh thank you to our good friend josh for composing our theme song thank you to shauna's brother-in-law grayson for an awesome logo thank you rashid rashid for bearing with all of our very well you are Uh, a gentleman and a scholar if Uh, i could hug you i would i would i would i'd hug you and yeah, keep posted for cocktail classes and virtual events that we're going to start hosting, hopefully often via cocktailsandpodcasts.com. Oh, oh, oh. Thanks for reminding me, Adele. We do have a new webinar uh, that is happening Sunday, October 4th. Starts at 1230. This is a big one, guys. This one's going to be awesome. It is called Sunday Fun Day. And we're starting off at 1230 with a workout with a good friend, uh, Kristen Walsh, who does uh, yoga and a bunch of different fitness classes. She's incredible. Then we're making me and Adele will be teaching a cocktail class. Brunch cocktails, baby. Yeah, baby. yeah we're going to have a Sunday fun day and do some really cool uh, craft brunch cocktails. And then we're going to wrap the whole thing up in a nice little neat package with our really amazing uh, good friend incredible talented DJ DJ Schwill so make sure you go on Eventbrite or our website to sign up for that and uh, it's only five bucks so uh, like you know just to help us out to continue to do these things and keep making our podcast and everything so any support is super 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 uh, we're thankful for (laughs) yeah Uh, fun yeah, so and if you do want to support our podcast, you can go on our Patreon, patreon.com backslash talktales the podcast and check out our website, talktalesthepodcast.com, um, for anything any upcoming things we're doing. Um we're always doing something. It's insane the things we're always doing. I don't know what's wrong with us. We should take a break and go on vacation. Oh wait, we can't. It's COVID. Oh, wait, Damn we it. can't. It's COVID. So there so there's that. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And uh, let's go out on this bad boy with a cheers. 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 Cocktail. Cocktail. Cocktail.